Today we continue our series, Questions Jesus Asked. And uh, do you remember that old game as a kid where you would take a flower and you would pick it up and you would look at it and you would go, loves me, loves me not, loves me, loves me not. Do you remember those days? I don't know about you, but whenever I would get the flower, if I really wanted to know if the girl loved me or not, I would actually count the petals before I would start tearing them off because everyone wants to be loved by somebody, right? And so with this little game that we would play as kids of picking the flower and saying, loves me or loves me not, you for sure wanted to know that that third grade girlfriend truly loved you. I think there's something interesting about that game and about this idea of does that person love me or loves me not? Because I think that deep down inside, all of us want to know and have a sense that someone loves us, that we're known by someone and that we're loved by someone. And that's our question this morning that Jesus asked his disciples, in particular, asked his disciple Peter, do you love me? So this morning, if you have your Bibles, join with me in John chapter 21, starting at verse 15 here in just a moment. And with that question in mind of, do you love me? Well, here we are in John chapter 21, and this is John's gospel. This is, as we get into the uh, John chapter 21, this is Jesus' third appearance to his disciples. Now, the first appearance in John's gospel, he shows up in a house and is physically before his disciples. So this is right after his resurrection, and so he's showing his disciples that he's physically alive, and he literally shows them the hands and the the scars that he has from the crucifixion. Well, in the midst of that, not all of the disciples were there, and so as the disciples shared their story of seeing Jesus physically, they uh, Thomas was doubting. And so Thomas said, until I see the scars... I won't believe. Well, lo and behold, the next week the disciples were gathered together, and I'm sure they were having life group together, and they were having pizza. And as they were doing their life group together, Thomas was with them, and Jesus shows up in their midst again. And he says specifically to Thomas, Thomas, here are my hands, here are the scars, do you still doubt? And immediately Thomas's response was, Lord, I believe. And uh, again, Jesus shows up in the midst of that, and Thomas has a, the, the appropriate response to the scars of Jesus. Well, here in John chapter 21, we re- are get about to see the third appearance of Jesus. And this third appearance of Jesus is when the disciples are fishing. Peter and the disciples are kind of in a place of they don't know what to do. Jesus has resurrected. They've um, about to start ministry, but they don't know that yet. And Jesus shows up in the midst of the disciples fishing. Peter is kind of the leader of the group, and he said, Guys, I don't know what what you're doing, but I'm going to go fishing. And so the guys joined him in the boat, and they went out fishing all night. And morning comes, and in the midst of morning, Jesus shows up at the shore, and they don't even recognize him. And Jesus says to them, Hey, why don't you throw your nets on the other side and see what happens? And they throw the nets on the other side, and they catch they tells us a specific number of fish, 153 fish. In other words, they caught a lot of them. And so it was so much that the nets were overwhelming and it took everybody to bring them in. And in that moment, they John recognized that the person on the shore was Jesus. And he proclaimed it. It's Jesus. It's the Lord. And Peter, in that moment, being Peter, pulls up his, his outer garment and jumps into the water and runs 
to Jesus. Well, then Peter and John and the other disciples, there's a few of them that are there, they sit down with Jesus and they have a meal together. They fellowship together and they enjoy fish, obviously, and some bread. And it's just this scene is, is how I imagine it, is that these disciples are sitting around fellowshipping with Jesus. And there's a campfire there. They've cooked the fish. They've cooked the bread. And they're just probably talking about the different things that's happened in their time together, the three and a half years that they spent together. And in the midst of that discussion, Jesus kind of pauses from the group discussion and specifically begins to talk with Peter. And as he begins this conversation with Peter, it's just this beautiful thing that Jesus, in the midst of this, stops and talks to Peter and says, Peter, I've got something that I need to ask you. And so he begins this conversation with Peter. I want to remind you of a few things. One is, is that Peter had rejected Jesus three times. If you can look back at Matthew chapter 26, we see the story of where Jesus is before the, the court of the Sanhedrin and, and they're questioning him. And Peter is on the outside of the court, again, by a campfire, similar to the one that he's at here with Jesus. And people approach him. As a matter of fact, the first person that approaches him is a little girl. And she says, hey, aren't you one of the disciples? And, Jesus, and Peter says, no, I don't know what you're talking about. And so three times that morning, he was, had an opportunity to proclaim that he was a follower and a disciple of Jesus. And he said, no, I'm not. As a matter of fact, each time that he was asked, he became more adamant that he was not a disciple and not a follower of Jesus. Now, the interesting thing about this is not only did he reject Jesus three times, but he'd also... Jesus had told him that he would reject him three times. After Peter had boasted, Jesus, I don't know about any of the rest of these guys, but I will lay down my life for you. And Jesus said, listen, whenever the rubber hits the road, whenever the stuff gets crazy and you don't understand what's about to happen, I'm telling you, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And so in the story in Matthew 26, we see that come to fruition. So Peter, who thought he was a strong person, who thought he would be willing to lay down his life, even ran away from a girl when she questioned him, are you a disciple of Jesus Christ? So Jesus is asking this question, and he's about to, he's kind of set the mood. Here's where we're at. We're with a campfire with his disciples. Peter has got all of this in the back of his mind. And so will you join me in John chapter 21? Let's look at verse 14 to start. It says this. This was the third time Jesus had appeared to his disciples since he'd been raised from the dead. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus then repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord. Peter said, you know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. Well, a third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Well, Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. And he said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Then Jesus said, then feed my sheep. Jesus continues the conversation with Peter and in verse 18 and 19, he says, I tell you the truth. When you were young, you were able to do as you liked. 
You dressed yourself and you went wherever you wanted to go. But when you're old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. Jesus said this to him to let him know by what kind of death he would glorify God. And then Jesus looked at him and said, follow me. Peter then turned around and saw behind him the disciple Jesus loved. And this is John's reference to himself. The one who had leaned over to Jesus during supper and asked, Lord, who will betray you? Peter asked Jesus, what about him? What about John, Lord? What's his story going to be? And Jesus replied to him, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? As for you, follow me. That's a beautiful image of the conversation that Jesus and Peter had together. And one of the things in reading this is obviously Jesus asked Peter several times, do you love me? And the question that arises for me out of that is this, is why is this Jesus's last conversation with Peter? Of all of the things that he could have done and, and said to Peter, why did he have this conversation with him? Well, I want us to, to look back through these verses and I want to point out a few things to you that I think will help us understand why this was Peter's last conversation with Jesus. So after breakfast, go back to verse 15. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John. Now, it's interesting that he would not call him Peter. Now, John, the author, gave us clarity that Jesus was talking to Simon Peter, which is Peter's new name. But Jesus, in this moment, refers to Peter under his own old name, Simon, son of John. And so I think that maybe he's kind of taking him back to the very beginnings of the relationship. Before he was even Peter, he was known as Simon, son of John. So Jesus is kind of reestablishing the beginning part of their relationship. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Now that word love is, is in the Greek is agape. And it's, it's a strong word um, for love. And there's another word for love as well that's used quite a bit in the New Testament. And that word is phileo. And so phileo, we get our city Philadelphia from, and it's known as the city of brotherly love. And so phileo is this, has a tendency to be explained as a brotherly type love. And where agape love is maybe a little bit stronger, maybe a little bit more sacrificial God type love. And so here Jesus asked Peter, he says, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Do you agape love me more than these? Now, we don't have real clarity over what are these. And so there's a couple of things that it could possibly be. It could be, Peter, do you love me more than the comfort of the job that you do as a, as a fisherman? Do you, do you enjoy doing that? Or maybe even more pointed, Peter, do you remember back in Matthew whenever you said that, that you loved me, that you were willing to lay down your life, that you loved me more than all these other disciples in that moment? And I think that that's Jesus's point in this in this passage is that he's drawing Peter's mind and drawing Peter's heart back to that moment where he in, in, in confidence and maybe in arrogance and maybe in pride disclosed that he was willing to lay down his life. And now that we're on the other side of this and he obviously didn't lay down his life and actually rejected Jesus three times that Jesus says, hey, Simon, son of John, do, do you sacrificially love me? more than all these other disciples? Well, Peter in this moment replies, well, yes, Lord, Peter, 
Peter replied, you know that I love you. Now in this response here, this word know is oida, which is a, this, that Jesus, he's declaring that Jesus has a special ability to see, a, a God sense, so to speak. And then he says, love you. And that word love that Peter uses in response to Jesus' question of agape love, Peter says, phileo love you. I have a brotherly type love for you. Well, then obviously Jesus responds to him and gives him a commission. Feed my lambs. In other words, I'm calling you because you love me to join a church, to get in community, to be in community, and to feed and to care for them, which is a call for all of us that love Jesus. Well, as we know, Jesus asks a second question of Peter, and he says, Jesus repeated the question. Again, Simon, son of John, taking him back to before he was known as Peter. Do you agape love me? Again, Peter's response is, you know, again, this special, this special seeing that, that, a, that God would have, you know that I phileo, I brotherly love you. Well, again, in the midst of that question and response, Jesus tells Peter, then take care of my sheep. He's, he's giving him his vocational call, really. He's, he's, he's calling him out to being a pastor and to care for the flock of Jesus's church. And all of us have special giftings and special callings within the church. And so in that moment, Jesus is commissioning him as a pastor and as a shepherd of Jesus's flock. Well, here we are at the third time that Jesus asks the same question. Simon, son of John, again, taking him back to the beginning. Do you, and now Jesus changes, okay? Do you phileo love me? Do you love me as a brother? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. Now, I wonder why he was hurt, don't you? I wonder if he was hurt because in this moment he recognized that Jesus knew that he'd been rejected three times, and so Jesus was was kind of giving a hint to, hey, Peter, I know what you did. Or was Peter hurt because in that moment, just the grief and the overwhelming sense of disappointment in himself that once he boasted that he would give all for Jesus, but he realized that he ran from even a little girl when he was questioned about his relationship with him. And then Jesus then comes to him and he says, listen, Peter, you're, you're saying that you love me. Do you love me? like a brother? Do you love me like we're part of a family? Well, Peter was obviously hurt by this, and so he responded to Jesus, and he said, Lord, you know, again, this you have this special sense. You know everything. He's acknowledging that Jesus is God, and that he has special knowledge, omnipresence, omnipotent. He has all things, okay? And then listen to this next thing. He says, you know, again, but it's a different no. It's a gnosko no. And this gnosko no is an experiential knowledge that he has. And so Peter is saying, Lord, you know because you know you are all-knowing. You know everything. But also, Jesus, you know because you've experienced my love, phileo love, for you. Now, that's for us as well, is that, one, we worship God and our relationship with him is such that as we grow in our knowledge, it moves beyond just an intellectual knowledge 
that we experience all throughout the New Testament, all throughout Scripture, is that our knowledge of God is more than just intellect, but it's experiencing Him. And so here Peter is calling on that type of knowledge and saying, Jesus, we did life together for three and a half years, and you know that I love you. Now, I may mess up, and obviously I've messed up. I've rejected you. I haven't met the the perfection standard. But Father, Jesus, you know that I love you. And then Jesus comes back to him and he says, then feed my sheep. Take care of my sheep. Take care of my lambs. And he continues on. He says, I tell you the truth when you're young and you're able to dress yourself. This is a reminder, a prophetic reminder of what has happened. And that is that, that Peter himself, actually we know from history, was crucified and was crucified upside down because he didn't want to be crucified like Jesus. He didn't think that he was um, qualified or high enough to be able to do that. You can see the the pride and the arrogance and the the abundance of, hey, I can do this at the end of Peter's life completely changed and that he was more, he surrendered even. And then in Jesus, he's asking, he's seeing John begin to walk and he looks back and says, well, what's John's story going to be? And Jesus had some very pointed words to him, basically saying, listen, don't worry about anybody else. You have enough to worry about for just you, yourself, to follow me. Focus in on your relationship with me. Simon, son of John, follow me. And so why would Jesus have this conversation with Peter? I think one of the main reasons is because God will continue to ask us the questions that are necessary for us to be completely healed by the great physician. Let me say that again. God is in the business of healing. So in Peter's situation, Peter needed to be healed. And so what did he need to be healed from? From that moment when he rejected Jesus three times. And so for Peter to be able to fulfill the calling that Jesus had for him to to feed the sheep, and to care for the lambs, to kind of reset the relationship, Jesus, the great physician, had to ask the necessary questions so that Peter could be completely healed to do the work that was ahead. The same is true for us, is that there are times where Jesus will ask us the questions and delve into things with us, that he will ask the necessary questions so that the great physician can bring complete healing to us so that we can go about the mission that he has for us. Because here's what I want you to grasp. Failure is never final with God. Failure is never final with God. You cannot fail in a way that God will not jump into your mess and want to assist you. And he wants to ask you the questions that are necessary as the great physician to bring healing to what you think is failure. God is not finished with you yet, which means that he's going to continually jump into your mess, your three times of rejecting the Savior, so that he can bring healing to you. And he's going to ask you the same question that Peter was asked. Do you love me? Peter's response is just like ours. Jesus, you know. You know that I love you. Yes, I have failed. Yes, 
I have fallen. Yes, I have messed up. But I love you. And Jesus says, let's reset it. Let's reset it. Here's a great quote from a missionary. She was a missionary and an author. And one of she wrote devotionals for 40 year plus years of, of her life as an adult. And one of the things that she said is that she experienced, she gnoscoed God's love. This is one of the things that she said. She says this, you ask me what forgiveness means. It is the wonder of being trusted again by God in the place where I disgraced him. Let me quote that again. You ask me what forgiveness means? It is the wonder of being trusted again by God in the place where I disgraced him. In other words, the question by the great physician and the mess and mire, he resets us and he says to us, do you love me? What's he doing? Well, here's what he's doing. He's reestablishing our friendship with him. As Romans 5, 10 and 11 tells us that we're friends with God now through Jesus Christ. And so the great physician asks the difficult question of, do you love me to reestablish the friendship and remind us of we're not complete, we're not finished, we're not perfect, and that Jesus is never done with us. And so he reestablishes that friendship. He forgives us. And so in that moment, Peter was fully restored. In this conversation with Jesus, he reestablishes that relationship and friendship and gives him his marching orders, which were this, follow me by loving my bride, the church, and her people. Imagine yourself sitting in a fire with Jesus and your friends, and, and he says to you, which he's pretend that it's me in this moment, Chris, son of George Andrew, do you love me? Those are prodding hurtful questions because we know the truth. In that moment where we're just in the little quiet place with Jesus and he, he calls us by name and he asks that question, do you love me? We know the truth. And it hurts. Just like Peter was moved and he was hurt by that question the third time. For us, it may be a fifth time. It may be a sixth time. It may be a tenth time. It may be a five thousand time that the great physician Jesus sits across from us at a fire and says, Hey, Chris, do you really love me? And it's going to hurt, but also know that God is never done with us. And so that because he's never done with us, he's going to sit at the fire and continue to ask the questions that are necessary to bring complete healing for us. The great physician asks the tough questions. Think about the times that you've gone to the doctor. A great doctor has asks tough questions. Are you really working out? Tell me how you're working out. Are you really eating well? Tell me what you're eating. Are you truly sleeping? Are you truly resting? A great physician doesn't just go at the surface. A great physician digs underneath the surfaces and asks the tough, prodding questions because their concern is your health. Your health is their business. The same is true for Jesus. It's not just our physical health. It's not just our emotional health. But it's mainly our spiritual health and the fruits that come from that. The great physician will ask us tough questions like, do you truly love me? So he can reestablish 
reestablish a relationship with us and remind us of our mission to love others well. So on behalf of Jesus this morning, join me. Sit around a campfire in your living room or wherever you're at. We're sitting around a fire together. And just remind yourself of those moments where you have rejected Jesus, where you have fallen short, and you experience and you know the guilt, you know the shame, you know the regret, you know all that stuff. And so together, we're sitting together with Jesus, the great physician. And here's what he asks you. Do you love me? Yes, Jesus, I love you. Do you love me? Yes, Jesus, I love you. Do you truly love me? Do you want to be a part of the family? Yes, Jesus, I want to be a part. Then go follow me. Allow Jesus to ask the tough questions. He loves you and he cares for you. He is your friend. And true friends that we've allowed into our lives ask us the hard questions because they care about us and they want the best for us. This morning, I hope that as you've thought about the question that Peter's been asked, do you love me? That you can join with me and with others and sit around the campfire and that Jesus can reestablish a relationship with you and say to you, you can say to him, Jesus, I love you. You've experienced my love in the past. Listen, this morning, if you don't have or haven't had a relationship with Jesus that he can reestablish to, to put you on mission for him, then I pray that you would that you would seek that out, that you would ask us, how do I have a relationship with Jesus? Just let us know. Raise your hand online, and we would love to talk with you. For those of you that have had a relationship with Jesus, and you say, you know what, I've, it's, it's been distant, then I challenge you this morning just to sit down by the campfire with Jesus and allow Jesus to come alongside and, and ask us that tough question, do you love me? And I say, Jesus, I do. It's been a while since I've shown it, but I love you. And for those of you that have been walking with Jesus and maybe you're in a season of like, man, I just, I just truly messed up. I made some bad decisions and you're just feeling it. And the weight of that is pressuring on you and been weighing on you and literally sucking the life out of you. I pray that you would sit down by the campfire with Jesus and allow Jesus to ask that tough question. To know and understand that he loves you and he cares for you. May you live a life on mission and know that you're a friend of God through Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Dear Holy Father, I thank you so much for these questions that you asked and that Jesus asked through for you. And so, Father, that these questions are tough questions. And, Father, this morning, as we think about this question, do you love me? Lord, it's a, it's a, it's a difficult question to think about and to let sit and marinate in our hearts and souls because, Father, we want you to know that we love you. And not that you doubt it. It's not even for you, but it's for us. It's for us to deal with our guilt and our shame and the things that, that keep us from the mission and, and freedom of living for you because of our own failures. And so, Father, you don't need to know. It's truly for us to be reminded that you love us and that you are offering grace to us. And that place where we have disgraced you 
you offer us love and grace and friendship. May we receive that today. It's in your son's name that we pray. Amen.